I just, I don't know. Okay. Right. Because there's like, you know, there is none right, just no, not one. Yeah, there's that's a pretty good summary. Yeah. For all of sin, it comes short of the glory yeah. That's a pretty good summary. Romans 3, if you're just catching on the recording, sorry, I'm a little late getting started. We're talking about key verses and whatnot. But, uh, um, yeah, I, there's so many different ones. Romans 3, the it's basically, it just wraps up condemning the world. And so there's so many different ones. But um, For a key word, though. What do you got for a key word? I came up with justify or just, justify is used kind of the most. That verse, when it kind of suddenly, that's what I got. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's several of them in there. That's, that's, that's a really good one, yeah. So, Meredith, you get anything different? What did you get? Come on. Righteousness. Righteousness. Don't you be throwing that word at me. I see. Okay. So it's used five. I have to. Okay, so it's used five times. But three of the times it says righteousness of God, and then the other two times it always says his righteousness. And the only time it's mentioned unrighteousness is one time, and that's about like I know it went too far. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. No, that's good. That's good. Right. That's good. Uh, so yeah, keep just keep looking at them. Um, Romans three twenty three really does jump out as a key verse, but there are some other ones that are really like minded because the chapter is a lot like the same thing, right? It's, it's basically bringing up the same thing, and so we'll get into that a little more today. Um, so uh, with that, let's uh, let's pray and let's get moving. Um, and see if we can get through this little section here. So let's pray. Father God, I love you. I thank you for today, Lord. I thank you for uh, loving us, God. I thank you for uh, your word and your church and uh, just your class here, um, God. And so I pray that you just speak to us today. Uh, be with Brian as he's uh, just doing the, the orientation meeting and uh, with all the teachers who are preaching the word of God right now. Um, this this building is just filled with your word. And so uh, I pray that we would all just be uh, lights as we walk out of this place. And so uh, I pray you just uh, speak to us today. Put me out of the way. Uh, uh, and just uh, allow your word um, through the book of Romans just to uh, to pour out in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, so I think I start like that every week. Okay, so you can go back to the recording. I'm sure that's what it is every time. <laughs> I don't know. That's just, that's just me. So uh, Romans chapter 3. So Romans chapter 1 was Paul's introduction. Uh, then he rolled into the condemnation of the heathen in the second part of the chapter. Got into chapter 2. The first part of the chapter was the condemnation of the quote-unquote good sinner, right? The white-collar guy. The guy who tries to do good, but he's still just as lost as the rest of them, right? And so uh, the second part of chapter 2 would be the condemnation of the religious, right? He's talking to the Jews specifically, but uh, we're talking about what would maybe even be us because, you know, we know uh, the different rights from wrongs. God has given us the truth, and what do we do with the truth is the question. Okay, and so that's the first two chapters. And then you get into chapter 3. And he starts the chapter uh, for the first nine verses, and that's what we looked at for the last two weeks, with the rhetorical questions that Paul already knows that the Hebrews want to ask, that the religious person wants to ask, because you just slap me in the face, and so I want to, I want to, you know, give a rebuttal. I want to, uh, and so we went through uh, nine questions, right? Was that what there were? Nine? No, there were eleven. I've got. Okay, I got nine today. There were eleven questions, right, right out of the text that the the, the Hebrew, the the religious wanted to ask, and so basically it it just he he just wrapped up in the first uh, three point. 
three three because the chapter three breaks into three different ways uh, chapters of just condemning uh, everybody who's uh, ever lived equally right doesn't matter if you're good bad otherwise doesn't matter if you're a uh, uh, it really doesn't matter right and so if you fall into one of those three groups uh, you're now condemned right and so he's like okay now I can get you on a level playing field but what I want to get in today you get into today uh, is those people who want to fall outside the lines of one of those groups, right? They want to be a uh, uh, a good homosexual, right? Because only the homosexuals in chapter one were bad, or uh, like a uh, a righteous uh, or, or not uh, an unrighteous uh, Hebrew, or you know, uh, just whatever. So I want to fall outside the lines of what we've talked about, right? And so. Well, yeah, yeah. something like that. They want to they want to be like, are you sure that's me? Right. Because I still got the law. And so here's your title. And it's not a list. I'll give you the list in a minute. But uh, Philip, you'll appreciate this. Here's your title. Law. What is it good for? (laughs) To know a little something. Right. Right. Law. What is it good for? To know a little something. Right? And so I would definitely be the Jackie Chan here because I am not Chris Rock and I have no moves. Right? Uh, it was, it, it was uh, equal to uh, what my title... What? Law. What is it good for? To know a little something. Right? Right? So, uh, like I said, I would definitely be the, the, the Jackie Chan. I'm not the Chris Rock here uh, in Rush Hour. But uh, it it's definitely uh, goes right along. And so we're going to talk about... So he really boils it down by the end of this little passage, right? Uh, through uh, uh, verse 9 through uh, verse 20 in Romans chapter 3 of what exactly the law is actually good for. And so by the time we get done with this, right? By the time we get through verse 20, Paul is finally finished with his condemnation of the world. He's finally finished laying it out to everybody is guilty. We just talked about in Romans 3.23, it says what? For all of sin and come short of the glory of God. So you've already got it memorized. You're ready for another one. So, so. Uh, <laughs> That's kind of funny. Um, so yes, he he condemns the rest of them. And so you might be like, man, are we ever going to get done with this condemnation? We are. I promise. And I'm not even going to say it's next week because I hope to get through this this week. But when we move on to verse 21. He says, but then, right? Verse 21 says, or but now. It all changes, right? But to get everybody ready to hear what Paul has to say, it took him 3.3 chapters, or actually 3.6 chapters, uh, to get everybody ready to hear what he's got to say. And it's good stuff, but we've got to get through it. So, law, what's it good for? To know a little something, right? Uh, I'm not going to sing it. It doesn't matter how many times you ask me, it's not going to happen. So, uh, here's what I got. Nine things the law will show every person on earth. Nine things the law is going to show every person on earth. Pretty simple. They're right out of the text. Uh, it didn't take a rocket scientist to come up with this outline. Uh, but there's some things that uh, I do want you to see as we go through this. So, uh, Romans chapter 3, let's pick up in verse 9. I'm just going to read through this really quickly. What then? And you're going to notice that this is the verse that we finished with last week. It kind of just fell into both sides. So we're going to use it on both sides. What then? Are we better than they? No, in no wise. For we have before proved that Jews and Gentiles, they're all under sin. Now, if you want to know what that means, go back to last week. We'll talk about it. Verse 10. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. 
They are all gone out of the way. They are together becoming unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Man, he is like, he's, he's throwing them now. Like, there is no holding back. Uh, I've condemned all of you. We aren't talking about just the Hebrew. We're not talking about just the heathen. We're not talking about just the guy that's somewhere in between, the Laodicean. Uh, we're talking about everybody. You're all in the same boat. He just lays it out there. Verse 13, their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used a seat. The poison of asp is under their lips. Uh, I didn't just cuss. I said asps under their lips. Uh, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And the way of peace uh, they have not known. There is, no, uh, there is no fear of God before their eyes. Verse 19, now we know uh, that whatsoever things the law saith, it saith to them that are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Man, that is really encouraging. Well, it is once you get past this. We'll talk about why. Verse 20, uh, Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall be no flesh justified in the sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. So, he just kind of lays it out there, right? He just calls it uh, like he sees it. But really, you want to know how he really calls it? Because Paul, he knew a few things, right? What was Paul? He was a Roman. What else was Paul? He was a Jew. Uh, he was a Pharisee, which means uh, a really good Jew, right? He was uh, a member of the Sanhedrin, uh, which uh, was like the, uh, the the council, right? He, he he knew some things about some things, right? He knew what the Old Testament said, and not just a little bit. Like, he really knew it. And so, he knew a little something-something, right? He had some things figured out, and not because he had it figured out, but because he knew what the Word of God said. So, he just laid that out, and he said, basically, he condemns everybody. Where do you think he got that? He's just dreaming it up one night? No. Somebody flip over to Psalms 41 and read the first three verses. Tell me if it sounds something familiar to what we just read. Loud so they can hear it on the recording. Psalms. He that considereth the poor, the Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. The Lord will preserve him and keep him alive, and he shall be blessed upon the earth, and that will not be my reading. No, that's not right. Either I gave you the wrong reference or you're in the wrong spot. Okay. Wait. Did I give you? Uh, maybe it's Psalm. It's Psalms 40. Then hang on. Gosh dang it. See. Uh, hang on. Psalms 14. That's exactly what it is. See, my dyslexia took off. My my dyslexia took off. It's Psalms 14. Somebody read the first three verses of Psalms 14. Back up the recording. That never happened. Let's start over. Psalms 14, verses 1 to 3. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. They are all gone out the side. They are all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Huh. It seems like I just read that. Okay. Right? It seems like, he's like the new narrator of Passpoint, right? Uh, I try to go for the Lion King. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Now, um, Paul wasn't just dreaming this up. Paul had this in his back pocket the entire time he went through the first three point something chapters, right? He knew where he was He was leading. He was leading everybody. It was like a shepherd leading the sheep, right? And he was leading them to somewhere uh, to, okay, now I'm ready. I didn't come up with this on my own, guys. And you know, you know why that hurts so bad to the Jews? Uh, and it's not, uh, you know why that really pierces to the heart so much to the Jews and everyone else alike? Because they spent their entire life thinking that they were doing what the Word of God said in the first place. And now the Word of God that they had given to them just condemned them. 
And it wasn't just Paul anymore. They couldn't just be like, Paul, you're off your rocker. Get out of here. We'll find a new preacher, right? We'll find a new guy. It was like, oh, he just used the Word of God against me, right? Uh, oh, snap. That, that's like uh, the biggest roast you can get, right? And so it is what it is. He just laid it out there for him. So it wasn't just him dreaming this up. So I just want you to know that as we... Uh, as we get into this. So, the first of the nine things on Romans chapter 3, once I get back over there. See, the good thing about Romans chapter 3 is there's not a number before or after it that I can get it mixed up with. So, it's just Romans chapter 3. Uh, no dyslexia here. Uh, he says, I give it back over there. Uh, what then are we better than they? No one, no wise. For uh, we have uh, before proved both the Jews and Gentiles are all under sin. Verse 10, as it is written, there is none, uh, none righteous, no, not one. So the first thing that the law is going to show every person on earth, and so I'm just guessing, I'm not positive, but I believe each one of you fall under the category of every person along with anybody else that we've ever met. So uh, it actually does apply to you. So it does apply to the all the different categories we tried to say before, right? The uh, Well, I don't fit into that category, so I'm okay. It doesn't matter uh, what you classify yourself as. Paul knew that here in 2020, we'd have guys calling themselves ladies, and we'd have ladies calling themselves uh, ladies, and I don't even know how all that thing works out. And uh, <laughs> Paul knew that, that this whole thing was going to be so jacked up, and he's like, so just in case you thought you were going to be able to, you know, uh, I, I think what I'm going to do on my taxes this year is I'm going to claim that I didn't make any money because I can claim to be whatever I am and I'm going to get a fat return or something. But Because you can be whatever you want to be, right? Well, except for when it... Yeah, anyway, we're not going there. So Paul knew that there were going to be people who wanted to not quite fit in. And so that's what he was talking to today. There's nine things here that the law is going to show. It doesn't matter who you are, what you look like, or what you want to call yourself. Psalms 14 has something to say to you. He says the first thing in verse 10, You are not righteous. You are not righteous. Now, that's kind of a slap in the face. Well, good works, now get this, good works don't make good men. Good works don't make good men. You can do a lot of good things. You can have a lot of good intentions. We'll get to that here in a little bit because i got a really good analogy for that, but we'll get to it. You can do a lot of uh, good things, a lot of uh, right things, a lot of obedient things. They don't make you good. Good works don't make good men. Right? And you guys already knew that. You are not righteous. You are not righteous. Right? Sinners do things to make other sinners think they're good. Right? I can do things that people are like, well, that's really good that you do so much of the church. That's really good that you want to help out with this. That's really good that you want to do that. And sinners applaud me. And they're like, yeah, so now I feel better about myself. You know what God does? He does not applaud. God doesn't care. God takes your good works and He says, okay, that's going to burn. Uh, that's really good dry hay. That'll burn right up, right? Oh, that's good That's good wood for the fire. That'll burn right up at the uh, judgment seat of Christ. These are all things that are going to burn, right? God's not applauding anything. So your good works aren't going to match up to anything more than a pile of nothing, right? Uh, I've seen some fire here recently uh, and it burns things down to a fine ash. Nothing left, right? Nothing good. Right? Uh, here's, a, here's a quote or a statement I took out of my HBI notes because I thought it was good. Uh, not all men are as bad as they could be, but they're all as bad off as they could be. Right? Not all men are as bad as they could be. I could not be involved in the church. I could not care what my wife thinks. I could not care what my kids think. I could go do whatever I want because who in the world cares? Right? It's all vanity. You know, if you don't believe me, just ask uh, uh, um, so, uh, huh? Solomon, right? Um, Yes, I was trying to think of the book. I was going to say Song of Solomon. That wasn't right. It's Ecclesiastes, right? Solomon wrote it. But anyway, 
It's all vanity, right? So I can just do whatever I want. So I might not be as bad as I could be, but guess what? I'm as bad off as I could be without Christ. It doesn't matter how good and righteous or how many uh, baseball practices you coached or how uh, many school plays you went to or how many, yes, or whatever the good thing is that you do. Old ladies, you help cross the street. doesn't matter. Right? It's all going to burn. You're all, we're all as bad off as we could be. Right, so you are not righteous. That's the first thing. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on each one of these because uh, I think you guys already know these, but I'm still going to go through them. So the first one, you are not righteous. It goes on in uh, verse uh, 11. He's got two of me. He says, but there's none that understandeth. There's none that seeketh after God. So the first, the second one, right? Uh, you do not understand. Well, I don't understand what? I understand you clearly, Jason. Well, of course you do because I speak your slang, right? <laughs> You're picking up what I'm throwing down because you speak the same language I do. The law, though, the law is speaking Chinese. And how many of you in here speak Chinese? None of yous, right? You don't. Right? And if you do, then God's speaking some other language, right? Okay, so apparently Chinese was not the, the language to use here. The law is speaking Chinese and you speak English. Do you see the problem here? There's a problem. There's a disconnect. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth, right? Exactly, right Right back to... I had to throw that in there with the Rush Hour uh, title, right? So, <laughs> I had to. There's a disconnect here. Is that what you told Chris do not say? Yeah, he said to You don't... There, there's a disconnect. You do not understand, right? So, here's the two options when you don't understand. Because let's let's... Let's bring it down a couple of notches. It's funny to, you know, throw out the references. Do you understand? Nobody understands the words coming out of your mouth, Jason, because you're speaking nonsense. Here's here's the two two options that you have as a person if you don't understand something. If you don't understand a language somebody's speaking, you can either a learn their language, right? You can learn their language, or you can hope that they learn yours, right? You can learn their language, right? Or you can make it, whatever it is, the other person, learn yours. Right? Now, just in case you're not tracking with what I'm saying, because it's easy to say to the Chinese person, just learn English. That's what everybody speaks. Let me, let me boil this down and make it a little closer to home in case you didn't know what I was saying. You can either learn it, or you can make it learn you with the newest, greatest Bible translation that dumbs the word down so much that it doesn't even say what it's supposed to say. Right? The Emoji Bible or anything else. You can either learn it or you can make it learn you. Right? That's just the way. You have two choices with God. You can learn Him and learn His ways and learn to live them or you can refuse to change and find a religion that suits your sin because God's not going to be a part of that. Right? Ask Brady when he gets back next week. Right? God don't want no part of that. <laughs> People on the recording like, what is the reference? You have to talk to Brady. You can either... Learn God, learn His ways, learn what He's got to say about your life, your sin, your everything else, and apply it to your life. Or you can say, you know what? I'm just going to go down the road that uh, to the church down the road that takes homosexuals. I'm going to go down to the church down the road that takes you know, guys that have three wives. I'm going to go down the road and takes people who uh, openly sin and come to church every week. You, you fill in the blank. It doesn't matter. They're all the same. Not one sin is better badder than the worst, right? They're all they're all as bad. <laughs> they're they're all the baddest, right? Man, I'm telling you, I'm on fire today. <laughs> you can either you can either learn it and take it and apply it or you can go down the street because I promise you'll find a church down the street 
And if that one's not the one, go to the next one down the street. You'll find one that fits your needs because at the end of the day, they're after your money. But guess what? God's not going to be there. God's not going to be a part of that. So, if you're speaking a different language, if you don't understand, you've only got one choice. Learn the book. Learn what it's got to say and apply it. Because God's not in to compromise. Right? I don't know if you, you heard me. God's not in to compromise. You do not understand. Right? Verse 11 goes on to say another profound thing. The, uh, there is none that seeketh after God. Well, I seek God every day. No, you don't. Don't lie to me. Right? Come on now. You can lie to Pastor Brian, but I know you better than that. Right? There is none that seeks after God. Right? Here's number three. You do not seek after God. I just told you what it was. Why did you have to ask me? You do not seek after God. Here's, a, here's something you might want to know the difference in. Seeking religion and seeking God are two different things. Seeking religion and the things that religion has to offer and seeking God are two different things and you better know the difference. But what do you mean know the difference? If all you're after is the good that comes with coming to church, it's the good that comes with you know getting your back patted and your good handshake and the good that comes with getting your ears tickled. and You're after religion, man. And you need to be after a relationship. You need to know the difference. You're not seeking after God. Here's a question for you. When you were lost, did you seek after God? Like, were you just out on this journey to find Jesus, right? And I'm going to find Him. It generally doesn't work out that way, right? It's usually not on the journey to find God that you find God. Now, there have been instances where men go on this uh, journey to debunk the Bible, and then guess what? The Bible proves itself so true that they have no reason, no, no other uh, option other than to accept it. But you weren't out like seeking after God, but guess what? He found you. And so generally, you know how that works out? If I wasn't looking for Him, then that must have mean that He found you. He was looking for you the whole time. You know, you didn't just bump on the bump together on the street someday. Uh, if you weren't looking for him, guess what? He was looking for you, and he's been trying to get you the whole time, right? You don't seek after God. God seeks after you. Now, you may have decided at a point in time that, oh wow, there's some truth in what this guy's throwing, right? There's some there's some truth in what this guy's saying, and I need to take it, right? Generally, there comes a point. When you hear the gospel enough times, when you hear the word of God enough times that you are at a point of decision where it's like, okay, I have two options here. I can either continue to listen to it, continue to be convicted, and continue to feel like crap all the time because I'm not good enough, or I can take it, apply it to my life like they say I can, and I can be free from it. Huh, it's a really tough decision. Sin, here I come. Right? That's what the world does. No. You come to a point of decision where God has seeked you. He seeked you. Man, my grammar is on point. He is seeking you and He's seeking you all, all the years of your life that you wasted. Man, I look back at all the years of my life that I wasted just chasing after stuff. And it's like, who cares? I was building my own kingdom. Right? Tower of Babel did have nothing on the things I was going to build. But guess what? God was like, hey, I got, I got a different plan. Are you going to listen? Oh, okay. And I came to a point of decision. I honestly came to a point of decision where it was like, okay, God... Uh, something's got to happen. You can have it all because I can't do this anymore. And I, I honestly felt like, I've heard Brian say this before, um, that if I didn't take it now, that I might not have another option to take it. Right? That God was finally like, okay, uh, options are out here, son. Uh, if you're not going to follow me, then there's not a whole lot of use for you left. Right? There's, there's no reason to continue to let you uh, just run through the world 
mocking my name. Uh, and so it, he brings you to a point of decision. He seeks after you. That's what Paul's saying here. That's what, uh, that's what the psalmist was saying. He's like, hey, you don't seek after God, but God seeks after you. The question for today, though, because I know we're all saved and I'm preaching to the air, right? The question for today is, are you seeking Him daily? Are you seeking Him daily holding my Bible, right? Or is He still seeking you? Are you seeking Him daily? Well, I'm already saved, Jason. Are you after Him every day in the Word? Or is it still every time you hear the Word preached, He's seeking after you? Hey, why don't you get in the Word, dummy? Hey, why don't you get in the Word? Hey, when are you going to read? Hey, right? That's still Him seeking after you. He's just using a dummy like me to say it. Right? Are you going to seek Him or is He going to seek you? Because it's always one or the other. It's always one or the other. Right? Okay, moving on. Verse 12. Verse 12 has got like three really good ones. So here, let's just... He like boils it all down. Verse 12. They are all gone out of the way. They are all together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good except for that one. Oh, no, it doesn't say that. Sorry. That is that new version I was reading this morning. No, not one. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Nobody does good. So here's number four. We're all seeking our quote-unquote own way. We're all seeking our own way. What does that mean? Well, ladies, you might have some insight on this, right? Because uh, I know my wife's going to chuckle when I say this. Have you ever been so lost with your husband just to hear him say, he's not lost, he's just taking the scenic route? No, he always is, but he is. I'm lost. I just mean in general, right? That there is no such thing as a guy being lost, right? He's just like, he just hasn't found his way yet, right? He just hasn't found his way yet. That's just generally the way that it works out, right? I'm not lost. I'm just looking at some things on the way, right? There is no such thing as being lost. That's where, that, that analogy, that's where most lost souls are today. I'm not lost. Don't tell me I'm lost. I'm just finding my own way to God. Let me know how that works out to you. Right? They don't see themselves as lost. They're just enjoying the ride and who knows, the ride to who knows where, right? I'm just enjoying the ride. Well, guess what? I can tell you where that ride's taking you. It's called hell. Right? And it's, I mean, it just is what it is. Right? Like, so, uh, we were gone yesterday. Um, uh, up here, we were, I had HBI yesterday morning, uh, and went to look at some jobs. I came home, and there's like this, uh, pamphlet thing on my island. And it, 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 just at the glance of it, it just looked like a track. It said something about, can you know where you're going after you die, or something. You can, you can, something like that. Like, you know what our gospel tracks look like. And I'm like, where'd that come from? It doesn't even look like one from the church. Well, then somebody, I, I get to looking at it, and it, it's a Jehovah Witness tract on my island at home. And so I'm like, what in the world here? Right? What's been going on while I'm not home? Well, I guess some uh, Jehovah Witnesses come by, and uh, my son Brian goes to the door, and this, I, can, I just wish I could have seen this, because Brian is the most uh, socially awkward kid, because he's like, he doesn't like to talk to people he doesn't know. If you know him, he'll talk to you all day long, but he just doesn't really love to. And I guess Britain's like, yeah, he talked to these people for like 20 minutes at the door. <laughs> and... Uh, so I asked Brian last night when he gets home, um, like, so, so what were they telling you? He's like, they don't even believe that there's a hell. And, uh, so it's like, okay, hang on a minute. They want to claim, because I flipped through this thing, you know, I'm like, I want to see what these, these guys got to say. They want to claim the Bible is the authority, right? Uh, yes, we believe what the Bible says. Well, I'm pretty sure the Bible has as much to say about hell as it's got to say about anything else. So obviously there's a disconnect. Once again, 
different languages being spoken here, right? Uh, we're not in the Watchtower age. I'm in the uh, King James age, and that's where I'm going to stay, right? That's where I'm going to stay. If you don't know the reference, you'll have to go figure it out. But um, you know, we're, I'm about what my King James Bible's got to say. And it's like, come on now. There is no hell. No, I promise. But that's where the lost soul wants to say, I'm just taking my time getting there. Well, guess what? Don't take your time too long, because I promise I know where you'll end up. There's only one place, and that's the only thing that makes God as holy as He is. Because if He's holy enough to save you, He's got to be holy enough to condemn you. That's the only way that it works, right? That's the only way that it works. We're all seeking our own quote-unquote thing in life, right? I want to be the, the newest, biggest, baddest, uh, you know, whatever it is, right? I want to be known for this. I want to be known for that. I want to, you know, I want my name on this, right? I want to you know, corner the market on the, you know, whatever it is. I want to be known for something. We're all seeking our own thing. Right? <laughs> Philip wants to be tall, right? It just, it just depends on what it is, right? We're all seeking whatever it is. It might be money, it might be happiness, it might be fulfillment, or it might be whatever makes you have any of those things. Let me just boil it down. Just try it God's way. Right? God wanted you short, Philip. It's just the way that it is. Right? It's just the way that it is. <laughs> hey, stop trying to fill that, that void, right? Stop trying to be the next greatest thing. Because you know what? God's like, you want to carve out a way in life? Then fine, I'll let you. You've just carved yourself a new road, and that road, well, it ends up muddy, and it ends up all rutted up, and the next thing you know, you're stuck. Stop trying your way, and just do God's way, right? Just take what God's got to say and roll with it. i got to keep moving. We're all seeking our own way, number four. Okay, uh, the second one, um, in verse 12. They are altogether become unprofitable. What does that mean? Well, here, I'll boil it down. Your best efforts are still unprofitable. Your best efforts are still unprofitable. Man, that's, that's rough. Because I try hard sometimes. They're still unprofitable. If they gave a gold medal for good intentions, wouldn't we be all at the Olympics this summer? Right? Competing for that thing? If they gave a gold medal for good intentions, I mean, come on. Here, let me, let me make this a little easier to understand. Guys, wrap up all the good intentions you've ever had in your marriage. Wrap them all up. Bring them to your wife this afternoon and say, uh, this is my peace offering because I want to go fishing this afternoon. Right? I've had all these good intentions. I've had all these good intentions, right? And here they all are, man. I really wanted, I really tried, I really had good thoughts. And so because of that, I'm going fishing. Let me tell you where that's going to get you. Hopefully a warm spot on the couch. Because I guarantee you ain't sleeping in your bed. Right? Good intentions aren't going to get you anything. Same goes for God. Your good intentions, they all add up to... Well, nothing. Because when you add zero to zero, I don't care what kind of math you speak. That's one thing about math. You know, it don't matter if it's Chinese or English or, you know, whatever. Zero plus zero still equals zero. Your good intentions didn't get you nowhere, right? And they never will. Same with God. He's not after good efforts. He's still simply after your heart. Notice that I said still because He always has been and He always will be. He's still just simply after your heart. Man, stop trying. Right? Was was the Casting Crown song? I used to love. I used to love. I, I really. Since I got saved, Casting Crowns was really good because it was really preaching the word, right? But he had that song that says, uh, "I gotta stop trying so hard to start. Uh, stop trying so hard to. I gotta. I don't. I'm, try, I'm trying so hard to stop trying so hard, or something along those lines, right? And it's like, man, I. 
Uh, that's what we do. I'm trying so hard. It's like, guess what? Just, just try not to try so hard. And just allow God to do it. I'm really on the grammar and the references today. They're just like, they're all right there. They just can't, they're not rolling off the tongue like they're supposed to be. The last one in verse 12. There is none, there, there is none that doeth good, no, not one. Here's what he says in the end of verse 12. You're not a good person. You are not a good person. And I word it that way because that's what we all want to be. Well, I'm a good person. God's surely going to let... You're not a good person. Stop fooling yourself. If you didn't catch the, 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 the thing that I said earlier, I'm going to make sure I say it again because I want you to catch it. Good works do not make good men. Or women. Good works do not make good men. Right? So let me, let me show you really quickly what not being a good person in verse 12 is going to get you. Right? In verse 12, he says, There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Fast forward to the end of verse 19. Right? Just take all the other not good things that you're doing out and let me boil it down for you at the end of verse 19. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Fast forward to the end of verse 19. In all the world, uh, in, in all the world may become guilty before God. You know what you're going to get by not being good? Guilty. You're guilty before God. That's just what it is. Praise God He saves us. But man, that's where we're at, religious or not. Right? We're not good people. Praise God we've got the Holy Spirit inside of us allowing us to do something godly. But we're not good people. We've got to stop trying and start dying. Right? I don't remember. I heard that somewhere years and years ago. But we've got to stop trying and start dying. That's just where we're at. Start dying to sin. And I don't mean like... Die to self. Right? Die to self. Moving on. we got to get moving. Uh, verse 13 and 14. Uh, Did I miss number 6? Uh, number 6 was you're not a good person. Your best efforts are still on profit. That was 5. Okay. Uh, oh, maybe I... Yeah. You got it. 5, 6 was you're not a good person. <laughs> Let's roll through real quick. Uh, uh, number one, you're not righteous. Number two, you do not understand. Number three, you do not seek after God. Number four, we're still all seeking our quote-unquote own way. Number five, your best efforts are still unprofitable. Number six, you're not a good person. And then number seven in verse 13, I'll get to in a second. The throat is an open sepulcher. Uh, with their tongues they've used deceit. The poison of asp is on their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Right? So let's stop there. Here's your next thing. It at least takes two verses to get through this one. Number seven, your words are deadly. Your words are deadly. Well, I think we knew that. Well, because I knew I was going to be out of time at this point, uh, go back and listen to the audio from James. I was flipping through the audio uh, online the other day. It's still there. So it's called Faith Steps of a Faithful Follower when we went through James. I spent an extensive amount of time going over what the, the things that come out of your mouth can do. right? And so go back and listen to that if you want to, if you've got spare time, um, on, the, on the teaching on the tongue. But really quickly, to give you a little bit of something, let me ask you a rhetorical question. Right, because I think you've heard this before, but uh, it still goes to say, do you think there may be a reason that God gave you two eyes, two ears, two nostrils, two hands, two feet, and only one mouth? I'm not saying, I'm just saying, there's a reason that it's like that. There's a reason that it's like that. But yet the first thing we want to do is pop off at the tongue, right? And maybe we ought to just take a step back and listen. Take a step back and... You know, just get busy doing something. Stop talking so much. Right? In case you didn't know, 
and you haven't looked it up after you've read the book of Romans however many times at this point, uh, an asp is... Meredith, was an asp? It's like a snake, right? Uh, so that tells me enough right there that, uh, yes, that's what comes out of your mouth. It is venomous. It is bad. It's like a snake, a viper, a cobra, whatever, right? <laughs> So when you think of a sepulcher, what is that? Uh, it's like a grave, right? A sepulcher is a grave. Um, and so basically your mouth is an open grave. The things that are coming out of it, and that's where I got the deadly. Um, yeah. You're opening up death. So when it says open sepulcher, you're opening it up and the things that are coming out are just death. Man, it don't matter how many times you brush them teeth, what you're saying still doesn't smell good, right? Because generally that's what lost man does. They just... Everything that comes to their mind, they stay. It's like you know, it's a, reference that so whited, where it talks about being a white or yeah. where you're all being on the outside, but inside you're full of death. That is a good reference. An open sepulcher is a whited sepulcher uh, in a different uh, passage. But i got to keep moving on around the time. But yeah, that's what that means. When it says your throat is an open sepulcher, when you open your mouth, death is coming out. There's nothing good in it. As a lost man, obviously we know uh, as Christ, with Christ in us, we have the power to do these things. The question is, do we? Um, so uh, your words are daily number eight. We might get there. Four minutes. Uh, verse 15. Uh, their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. Uh, and the way of peace uh, have they not known. Here's your eighth thing. You do not have peace. The law shows you that you do not have peace. What do you mean I don't have peace? I get to do whatever I want. That's what the lost people always want to tell you. You go to church, you've you got to follow all them rules and regulations and do all these different things. I can do whatever I want. That's a lie. Right? I love it when a lost person tells me that because I'm like, really? You can do whatever you want. So uh, if you decided today that you could just go five minutes without sinning, you could do it? Well, yeah. Try it. Show me how much you can really do whatever you want because you can't. You're bound to something. You can't do whatever you want. The thing that you're bound to makes you feel like you can do whatever you want, but at the end of the day, when you realize that, oh my gosh, I can't not do it. Oh my gosh, I really am bound to it. Even if you try really hard, some stupid thought comes through your mind. And it's like, I just can't. Well, guess what? It's because... It's because you ain't got no peace, right? That's your, that's your next one. You do not Number eight, you do not have peace. You do not have peace. People who are quick to be violent whether it be physically or verbally. Uh, they're quick to shed blood. They leave a path of destruction everywhere they go. You all know the person I'm talking about. Uh, it's somebody different in everybody's life, right? But whoever that is, you, you want to know what every one of the people have in common? Every one of those people have in common. We all have a person that pops into our mind. They don't have peace. That's what it boils down to. They don't have peace. That person doesn't have peace. That's why they're violent. That's why their words are violent. That's why there's a path of destruction no matter where they go. There's no peace. That's why. You know why they ain't got no peace? Because you can only get true peace from the Prince of Peace. Right? I used to love that song. That Prince of Peace song. Uh, yeah, that song was on point. Right? So anyway, I like that song. Uh, uh, so anyway, that's uh, you don't have peace. Sorry, I'm moving pretty quickly, right? But that's the thing that you see in common. And here's your last one uh, in verse 18. There is uh, no fear of God before their eyes. So the last thing is you do not fear God. What do you mean I don't fear God? You don't fear God. And here's my question for you. If you don't fear God, what do you fear? Well, that's what the world wants to say. I don't fear nothing. I ain't scared of nothing. Really? That's interesting. Here's the truth, though. 
for the guy who wants to say, I don't fear nothing. I ain't scared of nothing. Right? Here's the truth about every person that wants to tell you that. Most people do fear what the Bible has to say about their sin. So here's their solution. They're just going to claim not to believe it so that they can't be condemned by it. If it's, if it's not true, well, then I can't be scared of it. But guess what? Just because you say truth isn't true doesn't mean it's not true. Right? Just because you say the sun's not in the sky doesn't change the fact that the sun's in the sky. Right? Just because you don't believe it doesn't make it not true. It all boils down to are you applying what you already know is there? The person who says they're not scared of nothing is the person who's afraid of everything when they lay down at night because they have no peace. Right? Whereas people who do know Christ know that there are things that scare me. I don't like snakes. I don't know why. It's probably because they don't have feet. And normal things in the world have feet. Right? And so if they had feet, lizards are fine. But snakes, there's something wrong with a snake. Here's the cool thing though. When I lay down at night, I'm not scared of snakes because I know that Christ is going to take care of them snakes, right? And if not, the 12-gauge over next to my bed will. So I'm not concerned, right? I'm not concerned. But the person who says, I just don't believe what God's got to say, he doesn't have peace when he lays down because at the end of the day, he knows it's all a lie. And the truth is just waiting to come and get him, right? So that's the nine things. I want to, I want to wrap this passage up though because i got to answer the question, law, what's it good for? Well, it's for a little bit of something, right? Let me show you what it's for. Verse 18, or 19. Now we know, so Paul just really laid it on to everybody. There is no way you don't fit into one of those three groups, and if you didn't, well, here, you now you fit into the group of all. You're all condemned. You're all condemned, and before we get to next week where there's a but, and it's a good but, right? Things really start to look up at the end of chapter 3. But he wants to throw this in there, just in case you didn't know. Verse 19, Now we know that whatsoever things the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and the world may become guilty before God. He says the law was only given to show you that you needed something. Right? Cross-reference that to Galatians, and what's he say? The law is what? It's your schoolmaster. It's your school teacher that's showing you that, hey, the law's not here to tell you what you should do. It's here to show you that you can't do. Right? So he says the law's here for something. It's here to show you something. And it's not for you to keep it. The law's here for you to show, to show you something. Verse 20, he's like, if you're not picking up what I'm throwing down, let me really just boil it down for you. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified. Wait a minute, I thought I was using the law to justify myself. I was keeping the Ten Commandments. I am justified. He says, no. No, no. By the deeds of the law, there shall be no flesh, or there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For, what's the law good for? A little bit of something right here. By the law is the knowledge of sin. The only reason I gave you the Ten Commandments or the other 300 that went with it is to show you that you're not good. Right? The law is there to show you sin. Right? So next time you hear Jackie Chan singing war, right? You're going to be like, law, what's it good for? Well, it's a little bit of something. It shows me that I'm a sinner. Right? It shows me that I'm not good. It shows me that I'm not righteous. Paul spent three and two-thirds of a chapter... I'm sorry. Two and two-thirds of a chapter, because we're only in chapter three, breaking down every person who ever has lived, will live, is living, and anywhere in between. Wow, I don't know what just happened. Uh, he, he condemned you all. So, he can start talking in verse 21. 
And then he's got something to say, right? He's got some good things to say. It might hurt a little, but it's good. Right? And so he's, he just condemned everybody. So now, everybody's in the same boat. Jew, Gentile, lost, saved, heathen, you know, or anything in between, right? Whatever you want to uh, classify yourself as, right? Other. Well, guess what? Other just got covered today, right? I'm not male, female, I'm other. Well, okay, that's good, because uh, Paul just took care of that too. Because other still falls under all. And all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Right? And so that's what I got. Um, uh, your task, or read uh, chapter 3. Same thing, five times. Read the book one time. Why do I keep reading it? Right? Um, memorize 3.23. Um, right? But because most of you already know Romans 3.23, I want to back up a minute because I want, to, I want to give you the Romans road. I want you guys to know the Romans road. And so you might be like, well, that's not even Romans. Anytime I evangelize, I start with a verse that's not in Romans. And then I bounce straight to Romans 3.23, which is the first verse I use there. Um, the verse is John 14.6. Memorize John 14.6. Right? What's John 14.6 say? And Jesus saith unto them... Yeah, he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. You were right. I didn't say you weren't. Yeah, verily, verily, I say unto thee, uh, and the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Right? Memorize that one too. It kind of goes, that's like 1A, and then Romans 3.23 is 1B. And then from there, it kind of it's the Romans row. But I always start there because too often people want to say, well, that's what Paul had to say. Well, Jesus had to say this first. And then we'll look and see what Paul's got to say. Right? And so, uh, let's pray. We'll get out of here. Um, continue to study uh, the, the end of Romans chapter 3 and notice the transition. Notice the transition from condemnation to hope, right? Because there's something there. He's not not assigned the writing of chapter 3. Oh, I thought I already did that. Y'all need to write Romans chapter 3 out by hand. You suggested it. Oh, well, now it's assigned. No, not assigned. I don't assign anything. (laughs) Wait a minute, you're trying to get me in trouble. I don't assign anything. If you want to, you can write out Romans chapter 3 because we're going to finish it up next week, I hope. So, All right, let's pray and we'll get out of here. Sorry for being over. Father God, I love you. Thank you for today, Lord. I thank you for your word. I pray you just uh, uh, bless the service uh, coming up. Bless uh, the words of the man of God, Brian Hedges, as he preaches the word and uh, that you just be uh, with us uh, through the worship uh, and through the word. And God, I pray that you just send us out as lights in a dark world that you would just get the honor and the glory out of our lives. In Christ's name, amen.